2: To the the NutraMedical Report, uh, back on Genesis Network. I am so pleased to be back here, and the show is two to five Central Standard Time, twelve to three Pacific, and three to six Eastern. Broadcast worldwide on Genesis Network satellites and stations around the country. We also, of course, have our other websites, NutraMedical and UTRI Medical, where you can everyone can free email me for some medical advice. I'm your telemedicine functional medicine doctor, and UTRI Medical at drbilldeagle.com. Or you can call our order line, too, at 888-212-8871, and we have an amazing array of guests. The show content, of course, about half of it, the two-thirds, covers functional medicine and wellness. The other half covers conservative, Christian, and constitutional issues that deal with very important issues. To start off today, we have Matt Trutella, and Matt's website is defytirants.com. It'll directly link over to another site, but it's defy, D-E-F-Y, Tyrants.com. Matt, you're here to discuss the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, which was uh, Martin Luther's statement of 95 statements on the nails of the door of the church. I'd like you to discuss what's going on this uh, month, uh, next month that is, October, and what the Pope and uh, some evangelicals are doing. In fact, I've changed their name. I like to do this. It's part of my clay and iron. That's my other website, news website. (laughs) <laughs> it's making me choke actually What he's going to do What he's going to do is so unbelievable If you put it as a B, As a as a uh, script for a B movie You'd probably have the Hollywood director Say look I The script is unbelievable so I can't do it But whatever drugs you were taking When you wrote the script I want the drugs It's that bad uh, Honestly this is right out of the pit Of the ninth ring of Hades Tell us what's going on
1: Yeah well You know, the the Roman Catholic Church has tried to destroy the Reformation since the beginning. They have no love for the Reformation. This latest effort that I've been reading about, they seem to try to be annexing Protestantism in order to bring it under its, you know, domain once again. And unfortunately, you have so many apostate Protestants at this point that they go along with this sentimental hogwash of unity and that reconciliation those types of words when there really can be no reconciliation there really can be no unity because the um, doctrines and beliefs and practices are so decidedly different between Protestantism and Catholicism
2: exactly yeah
1: so what what I you know at our site we have this confession called the Magdeburg confession you know we're getting ready to You know, celebrate 500 years of this Reformation next month, October 31st, and most people don't realize that just 30 years after Luther posted those 95 theses on the castle church door, the Roman Catholic Church nearly destroyed the Protestant Reformation. Uh, Right after Luther died in 1546, Holy Roman Emperor Charles V decided to re-Romanize all of the Protestant lands throughout his realm, and he issued his Augsburg interim to do that. And amazingly enough, nearly all of the lands went along with it. All of the cities, all of the states, they all went along with it. Even Melanchthon, who was heir apparent to Luther, went along with it. But there was this one city that didn't, and that was Magdeburg. They were the lone city that defied an empire. It was a city defying an empire, and the pastors there wrote this confession, which we now know as the Magdeburg Confession, where they showed from scripture and from history that their magistrates were right not to obey Charles V. This was actually the first time that what's known as the doctrine of the lesser magistrates was formalized as a doctrine, even though it had been practiced by men for thousands of years, seen in the Old Testament and on and on. This was the first time it was actually formalized as a doctrine. So they issued their confession. Five months later, Charles marched on Magdeburg with his army. There was a 13-month siege. 4,000 of Charles' men were killed during that time. 468 Magdeburgers died. But in the end, the Magdeburgers were able to practice their Christian faith because Charles withdrew. And it had not been for the interposition of that one city Magdeburg, the whole Reformation may have just been a little blip on the radar screen of human history, but because of what those pastors wrote there and the stand the magistrates took, the Reformation continued forward across Europe and, of course, transformed a uh, Europe at that time.
2: That's amazing, isn't it? What, it is. What, what people need to start grasping is as far off of base of the so-called... Gospel of Jesus taught, that the so-called current Catholic Church teaches, the Pope has taken it so far to the left, uh, The many of the cardinals and bishops across the world are revolting against even this Vatican, Jesuit mm-hmm. Vatican. It's been 700 years since a Jesuit was controlled. Now you have to understand that the Society of Jesus were the ones that set up the banking system across Europe, uh, when the, you know people would go to the mid- the Middle East to visit uh, Jerusalem and Israel over the thousand years. <clears throat> the banking system was a way of keeping a script and keeping money in the form of uh, gold so that you couldn't be robbed on the roadway going to your mission. Hmm. What happened is people don't understand the current banks of Europe and the financial system and the intel agencies of the world are still under the authority of the Vatican. People don't know that. They don't know that the Pope during the time of the Third Reich actually made the Uh, Operation Paperclip effective, and transferred the intel agencies from Nazi Germany to America, so in fact it's it's almost like an organ transplant it's a a geostrategic intel organ transplant to America and much of the OSA which later became the CIA and NSA which are the primary intel agencies on the planet linked to everybody else, including Five Eyes, are still under the control of the Vatican, people don't know that they don't know that the financial institutions of Europe, the European uh, Federal Reserve System and America being a member has only one of the six seats at the board Has 45% of the gold bullion in the Federal Bank of New York and there are many others that belong to it But the only one on the board is the bank in New York and the system the it's like the old story It's one thing to own a lot of the money in the bank like Scrooge McDuck It's another to own the bank that owns the money and thirdly It's another thing to own the bankers that own the bank that own the money and that's what the Vatican is people need to understand that the Vatican is pressing control over the financial system of 90% of the fractional reserve currency on the planet.
1: Right. It's and that's why this doctrine is so important about right. these <clears throat> at Magdeburg before it. Because what the doctrine of the Lesser Magistrate is, in a nutshell, is simply that when the higher-ranking civil authority makes unjust or immoral law, policy, and court opinion, and you know most of the higher authorities in Western civilization, including America today, are co-opted, bought, and paid for, by the ruling elite and so oh yeah you
2: have to see the chain of authority on that but you know even under donald trump most people don't realize 34 of his advisors or people of his board or uh many of his appointees have gone through jesuit trained universities and have advanced degrees and therefore have the pope on speed dial Mm -hmm. you you have to understand that if you don't understand that you don't understand the collaboration when you talk about religious liberty with the the cardinals across only america but with the pope and this idea of ecumenism it's very scary this is not yep. good it's not good stuff
1: and that's why what these men did over four hundred and sixty years ago actually has application to today oh yeah what they what they set forth from scripture and history that because what the what the doctrine is simply is that when the higher ranking civil authority makes unjust or immoral law policy or court opinion the lower or lesser ranking civil authority has both the right and the duty not to obey the higher authority and, if necessary, to actively resist. And this is like, massively important, and that's something that we've been doing on a very practical level in regards to this doctrine, teaching state, county, and local officials this doctrine, that they didn't take an oath to uphold, you know, unjust and immoral rulings by SCOTUS, that they didn't take an oath of subservience to the federal government, that states weren't meant to be just mere provinces of the federal government. They have a duty to defend the liberties and authorities of their state.
2: Absolutely. Amazing stuff. We'll be back in a moment again. The website is com. Matt Trutella is back in just a moment. And we'll continue this discussion. Your questions are welcome, 877 317 All Shoppers of truth, this is the place to stop here at the Nutra Medical Report. By the way, our show covers pretty well every topic. And I challenge people and callers out there to realize that this is a place you can ask any question in any topical area. I will struggle to provide you an answer through logic and common sense and prayer. Uh, and if not that, a framework to find the answer. We have one of those people with answers. Matt Trutella, his website again, tyrants.com but let's continue this is important information and people don't understand that what's going on in the world is very timely we have i call president trump and vice president pence i think god has a sense of humor i call the trumpet of god and the time for repentance and when we see this the 500th anniversary literally on a pagan holiday which is halloween the pope is going to declare the end of protestantism which one quarter of so-called christians worldwide signing a so-called accord but they agree with the doctrine and dogma and come under the big tent of the Vatican and the World Council of Churches, which is pretty timely and prophetic in terms of the end times, isn't it? It, it?
1: it is. And, yeah, what what they couldn't accomplish through force back in the days of Luther, they're now trying to accomplish simply by annexing Protestantism itself. And as I said, it's unfortunate that they're able to pull it off to a certain degree because the apostasy is so many protestants around the world at this point and um
2: you know well, give us some de- details of the specific apostate things we talk about this with our other guests like jonathan gray our ancient archaeologist who will be back on wednesday in the third hour uh people like uh, dr bob teal from the continuing church of god that talks about the original gospel and how it's been destroyed and, and modified all the way through from the Catholic Church, it says, "Behold, Babylon, the great mother of harlots and of abominations on the earth." They're specifically referring to the abomination in the third century when Constantine, who was a pagan even on his deathbed, supposedly deathbed conversion, became the leader of the so-called Roman Catholic Church, which was an extension of the Roman Empire, and now in the church realm. Uh, and the daughter churches have continued much of the apostasy, which was not present in the first centuries. Real church that followed the original uh, apostles, prophets, etc., and the disciples of Jesus. So things have gotten really out of hand. And this century, this decade, this year, things are really, really going to get out of hand with a continuing uh, level of apostasy that says, "I shall send a great
1: delusion before the great and terrible days of the Lord." Those terrible
2: days are coming, aren't they?
1: Well, one of one of, to me, one of the most glaring examples of the apostasy of Protestantism. Mm-hmm is the rewriting of 2,000 Years of Biblical Interpretation regarding homosex and how they have um, are rewriting the interpretation of, of Scripture to accommodate themselves really. to accept homosexuality, to be liked by the world. Um, well, 65% of the, the priests in love with this perversion at this
2: point. 65% of the Catholic Church priests are homosexual. I was uh, raised as a Catholic i was a high elder boy serving mass between age eight and fourteen six days a week and i was attacked by a very i call giant missionary catholic priest who was a homosexual in the vestment who didn't get his way i punched him in the stomach and ran but i can tell you that the catholic church is rife with it and they protect it they protect us from the cardinals the archbishops and so on and have been for many centuries and the fact is it says the leader in the church should be the husband of one wife you know the husband of one wife not polygamy and certainly has to have their own family to have an idea of a church family. So, uh, the church to me, that very one of the very first things is they foster and create the environment to create uh, a, a magnet for homosexuality. It's not good.
1: No, it isn't. And I also was raised Catholic, and that was well known while I was growing up. And there were the stories, you know, over and over again of young boys who were taken advantage of.
2: And... I, I call I call them altered boys. Do you think? What do you think of that? Part of my altered A L T altered voice, right. A L T E R E D. They've been altered. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, you know. Well you do, your, and you have to learn all the masses, of course, at that time in Latin and so on. And uh, you know, a lot of people don't understand now as a fully informed Christian. Much of the uh, Christian doctrine, including transubstantiation and many of these other things, like the current rulings of the Pope about Zika virus, even if a PCR test is positive, the mother can have. An abortion, and they, they preordain that she's absolved of any guilt from doing an abortion, even though the chances that the child will have a defect is only one in ten. So, what people don't understand is what's going on with this pope, lighting up with the carbon credits and the globalists regarding uh, climate change is evil. There's no other word around it. You can't kind of dice this and play with it and say it's your opinion. It's just plain evil. You have to call it what it is.
1: Right. And that's a fascinating thing about these men back you know 450 plus years ago in magdeburg they didn't mince words, and they they are using the same sort of verbiage that you were just using regarding describing the pope in, right. in the in the publication they they produced over 200 pamphlets during the siege and spread them out all over the empire they um copied thousands of this confession the magdeburg confession and got it out around the empire they understood the importance of getting the truth out to people because the pope and his minions ruled the you know halls of the media at that time they bypassed them they went around the end of them writing these pamphlets and the printing press had just been recently invented and they took full advantage it was the new press of that day so to speak and so i see the same thing with um people like yourself and others there's been a leveling of the playing field regarding media over the last ten years, and that's been good. Because then truth can get out to people. So these men were faithful to Christ. They didn't back down. They didn't mince words. The first signer of the confession was actually a man named Nicholas von Amstorf. Him and Luther were friends way back at the University of Wittenberg. He was there from the very beginning of the Reformation with Luther. Luther thought so highly of him that Magdeburg, Germany, they were the first city in all of the Holy Roman Empire to embrace the Reformation as a city, as a body politic. He thought so, Luther thought so highly of von Amsdorf that he placed him in the pulpit there at Magdeburg. Luther said, we took Magdeburg without firing a single shot just by being faithful to Christ and the truth of his gospel. Um, Katie von Bora thought so highly of Nicholas von Amsdorf. She, of course, became Luther's wife, that before Martin Luther or Nicholas von Amsdorff or any of them were anything to her, she said there was only two men on the planet she would consider marrying, Dr. Martin Luther and Nicholas von Amsdorf. So Nicholas von Amsdorf and Martin Luther were very close. Von amsdorf was with Luther when he was taken to Worms to be tried as a notorious heretic, was found and adjudged to be a notorious heretic. He, he was on his way back to Wittenberg because he still had 21 days of safe passage under the emperor. And during that time, um, Frederick the Wise, who was a lesser magistrate, one of the seven um, electors of the Holy Roman Empire, he was the elector of Saxony, he, instead of arresting Luther and turning him over to Charles V, he actually feigned his abduction and hid him in the castle there in Eisenach called Wartburg. Um, Nicholas von Amstorf knew that was going to happen, so he saw the interposition of a lesser magistrate. I can hear your music. I'll, I'll tell you the rest yeah. of the story and how it impacted von Amstorf 30 years later in Mochaburg.
2: Yeah, that's very important. We have the same thing going on right now. Only these are the end times, so it's much more acute, much more lethal, and much more final. Back in a moment with Matt Rutella. He said basically in response to people that say, if you think you can have a personal relationship with God, you're wrong, number one. And number two, it's priestcraft and their procedures and their ceremonies that count and not a relationship. That's why they can compromise on everything, including homosexuality. And the personal relationship, I remember the quote in the Bible that says uh, that, you know, uh, did I not cast out demons in your name, did I not do good it works in your name and and god said basically this is scripture uh get away from me you doer of evil i know you not in other words if you don't have a relationship with god i mean if that's where you start you have a relationship because we're not perfect none of us are uh then god can clean us up god can make us better because we can't but if you don't have a relationship you only have a substitute i call real lies going on for religion you like that <laughs> yeah. Realized going on. Instead of relationship, you have realized going on, and that's what these people, these apostate Protestants and Catholics in the world, continuing Church of, of God, is opposed to that, as well as many other Protestants that are protesting this evil. And remember, it says that one of the final things that shall happen. There should be a famine in the land before the great and terrible day of the Lord, not a famine of bread or of water, but a famine of the speaking of the word of the Most High God. That's where we're heading is toward a famine, aren't we?
1: Yeah. Well, if I i wanted to finish that story about where yeah. we're at with with, with von Amstorff. So here von Amstorff saw the interposition of the lesser magistrate. He was told by his higher authority, Charles V, to arrest Luther. Instead, he feigns his abduction, takes him to the castle in Eisenach called Wodkberg. Luther spends a year there translating the New Testament into the German language, which, by the way, was the first time that the Germanic peoples had a unified language. There was literally over a thousand dialects that they spoke prior to that. And so 30 years later, when this whole matter happens of Charles bringing the Augsburg interim and trying to bring all of the Protestant lands back under Roman Catholic belief, rule, and practice. Here, Nicholas von Amstorf remembers the interposition of lesser magistrates. He's been teaching that from his pulpit to the magistrates. he have been preaching there for 24 years at that time, teaching them the doctrine of the lesser magistrates. And so here they are the one lone city to interpose. And Magdeburg was no small town. It had the thickest walls of any city throughout the whole entire Holy Roman Empire. And so their interposition was massively needed in order to stop what the Roman Catholic forces were trying to accomplish, which was to destroy Protestantism, to destroy the truth of the Christian faith. So here we are today. When you learn about these matters of interposition and they have application to our day. For example, you know, the Supreme Court says it's okay to slaughter the preborn babies. Right. And everybody stands around, every governor, every legislative body, every mayor, every common council, they've all stood around for 40 plus years now and said, oh, we will obey, and just stood there while these innocent preborn babies are being butchered day after day in our country. They should not be doing that. Their duty is interposition. Their duty is to defy the Supreme Court and say, well, you've made your opinion, but no one's going to be murdered in our jurisdiction. Right. And unfortunately, that hasn't happened, and that's what we're trying to get these magistrates to understand, so they will interpose and take action and defy the tyrant.
2: And, of course, uh... The two books that were released in 1999 with the Prophecy Club and I Traveled to 42 Cities was Clay and Iron that dealt with prophetic issues, which still stands, and Abortion to Armageddon. People don't understand, <coughs> the issue of abortion is the greatest evil that's promulgated on the world right now, and it's also tied to world population reduction with globalists. Mm-hmm. Literally a year and a half ago, before the elections, not only Obama met with the Pope, and 72 world leaders in New York City, and they planned out how they're going to force, foster not only the Paris Accord, but also population reduction tied directly to carbon credits. And of course, the Roe versus Wade decision—if it had been made after ultrasound became a common practice in the medical profession—just like in some states, you have to do an ultrasound even after you've made a decision and signed the uh, intention to have an abortion. 78% of women won't when they realize it's actually a person, it's a baby, it's separate genetically from their body. And they don't have it, even if they don't have any faith at all. So people should start understanding here, the medical facts, the geopolitical facts, are destroying not only the population, but it's also destroying the ethics of the population. And the population with ethics doesn't understand that our rights come from God through us to our elected officials. And every country, every country that has any other political system, whether it's socialist or communist or so-called capitalist, that doesn't have that kind of constitutional rights will always decay to tyranny. So it yeah. doesn't matter what you initially call it, whether it's communism, socialism, or capitalism like in Europe, they've decayed to now where 85% of the laws are made by bureaucrats in Brussels or in Strasbourg at their parliament. The same thing happens with a uh, in, in an organization like the, like the Vatican or any so-called large, I call evil, evil jellyfish church, like evangelicals, like <laughs> these people, that want to sign with the Pope. If you have a system that's not based on relationship, but not only each other, but with the Most High God and acceding to the rights of the unborn and the elderly, you'll have things like Obamacare, which has some, a designer like, uh, we call it, "easy kill" instead of Ezekiel, Emanuel. And, you know, the fact that they have death panels, I had on my show three years ago, a neurosurgeon that said if you need a clip aneurysm in your brain, and it's 2 a.m. Saturday. You have to wait till the Ethics Committee meets if you're 72 because they're not going to do the surgery on you as an urgent procedure. And by the time the Ethics Committee meets, you're cold and have had your blood volume replaced with formalin because you're in a grave. Okay, so people need to start grasping here. This is the most malignant form of evil, and if we don't stand against it, including our higher authorities, what are we? It says in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, if we are neither hot nor cold, we shall be spewed out of the mouth of God. The spewing yes. is going to start happening, isn't it?
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, you can always... Decide, right now we have a Christianity that is seems to be incapable of reforming itself. And so God will judge it. I mean, he said we're to be the salt and light of the world. If the salt is a favor, the only thing it's good for is to be thrown on the ground, trampled on the feet of men. Judgment right. begins in the house of the Lord. And so because his church has decided to play the whore here in America and throughout the West, um, you're going to reap the whirlwind. I mean, you allow your pre-born neighbor to be yeah. slaughtered. So now they actually are taking our bodies. I mean, you go to the hospital now, Dr. Bill. They actually assign a social worker to you immediately. There's the agent from the governor working with you. doesn't matter if you're a child, you're an adult, you're an elderly person. They assign a social worker to you Right. helping to determine what your medical decisions are going to be.
2: I well, mean, they do the same thing in Canada in socialist countries like Britain. I know doctors there. I practiced in Canada for many years. I can tell you it's evil. And they kill people without any It's like having a hiccup. I mean, they don't uh, think anything of the idea of a social worker who's starting high-dose narcotics. If they think somebody has a bad what's called Apache score, they, they off them quickly. In some countries like Norway, there hasn't been a child with, born with Down syndrome in 10 years in the whole country. Well, yeah. when my daughter was diagnosed with an ultrasound, I was one of the first doctors in the world trained in ultrasound in the mid 70s in medical school. The radiologist bothered us, and then the geneticist bothered us, and I had to threaten the geneticist if you call me once more, I'm going to take him out. But our daughter was born with a heart defect, and she had surgery at, two, at a, a, six months and two and a half years. she Because she's been on metabolic support and with lots of prayer, she has not had a heart drug or anything in 22 years. So, so you know, the fact is we have an evil population, a gutless uh, medical profession that basically afraid of losing their money, a gutless uh, pastorate that won't deal with real issues in the church pulpit, a gutless politicians that won't deal with things like evil health care. Like, why didn't they withdraw Obamacare? Yep. But it's all yep. tied to the same underlying spiritual loss of relationship with the Most High God because if you have one, you'll stand up and you'll do the right thing.
1: It is a perfect storm for God to bring his judgment on a return. Exactly.
2: And welcome back. Matt Trutella from MinistryDefyTyrants.com is here. And, Matt, let's talk about some of the amazing materials you have available over at your website, DefyTyrants.com, and what can uh, people can do personally because this is a personal battle. It's a battle to talk to your pastor, your, your relatives, your friends. It's a battle to talk to your politicians and start doing the right thing. For example, one of the issues that should come up besides the tax reform and the repeal of Obamacare is to end federal funding. I don't want my tax money paying... For half a billion dollars to plant on parenthood, I don't want uh, the situation where laws are being passed by the by the sub- Supreme Court and the so-called Congress that legalizes murder, because murder of the unborn ends the literally the sanctity of human life. It also means that genetic engineering, which is coming with the CRISPR-Cas9 protocol and others, will not just try to heal disease, but to create new transhuman superhumans. The Ubermensch is coming, in other words. And people need to understand that it's the end of the human race as you know it. Sure. Well, so let, yeah. let's, go over your, let's go over your materials. You've got T-shirts, you've got books, the yeah, Doctrine have... of the Lesser Magistrate, much more. Please please give us Absolutely.
1: Some... Yeah, we have two main books that we make available to people. One is a contemporary work called The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates." This is the first book written on the Doctrine. Um in nearly 400 years and it's subtitled a proper resistance to tyranny and a repudiation of unlimited obedience to civil government and it's a primer it goes through all the main tenets of the doctrine itself um so that's available it's done very well it's sold over 20,000 copies now um Since we began this, I've been invited to speak to 11 different legislatures, to governor's men, to lieutenant governors, to attorney generals, to sheriff organizations and other law enforcement organizations that want to learn more about this doctrine and what their duty is, you know, when they see immoral and unjust law, policy, or court opinion thrown in their face. And um, the, the book that we have from antiquity is the one we've been talking about, the Magdeburg Confession. This is the first English translation of the Confession, ever. It was written in Latin. All important theological works were back then, translated into German, sent out throughout the Holy Roman Empire. But no one had ever translated into English. So we tracked down a 1550 original from the Bavarian State Library in Munich, Germany. Had a gentleman with a Ph.D. in Latin and Greek um, do the translation work named Matt Colvin. And so for the first time in over 460 years, now English-speaking people can actually read the confession for themselves um, that these ministers wrote so long ago. And also at our website, thefightpirants.com, we have a running blog where we kind of keep you abreast with, you know, news and actions going on regarding the lesser magistrates, you know, state, county, local officials who are taking a stand of interposition regarding unjust or immoral law policy or court opinion. And um, we have been seeing a lot going on where candidates and magistrates themselves, Dr. Bill, are actually beginning to openly speak about interposition and defiance of SCOTUS, you know, defiance of the federal judiciary. In fact, right now there's a man running for governor in Oklahoma. He's openly talking about interposition and defiance of the federal judiciary. He's been a legislator there for eight years, so this isn't just some guy who doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell of going anywhere, but at least he's saying the right things. No, this guy could actually win and be governor. And he understands his duty in the sight of God to defy tyrants, to not just you know hide behind the skirt. The Supreme Court has ruled all we can do is obey. The lesser magistrates love that lie because it allows them to act like they're taking a stand for good and against evil while they don't have to do anything about it, because they just slough it all off on right. the Supreme uh, court.
2: <clears throat> exactly.
1: <clears throat> yeah. so There's a lot of that... teaching about that on our, on our site also. Uh,
2: I want to bring up an issue that's real uh, proposed, the uh, conflict going back between uh, Donald Trump and the sports. Now, let's crystallize exactly what's going on. If you're black <clears throat> and you're carrying marijuana, you're four to five times more likely to end up in prison. So that's true. If you're black and you have a squirt gun, like a gentleman here a few days ago that had a squirt gun, it's more likely that he that you're going to die because the police will see this and will kill you. So that's true. But the problem is that we are outgunned by the criminals that our police and our military and our government purposely allows, like in states like no-gun zones, like in Chicago. And so it's not just blacks. It's uh, MS-13. It's other groups. But a lot of it, to a great extent, are, is the... We call inner ghetto black communities where they allow these extreme violence to occur we literally force the families not to have a father in the home so the children become violent and actually don't join a gang they're more likely to die going to school or trying to go to work so uh, I I don't agree that the uh, the sports athletes should take a a knee with the anthem because to me it's, it's unseen against the Constitution but they do have a point that if you're of color you're more likely to die if you conflict the peace. Now, the problem is the police don't have proper training or equipment. They can't go into places where they're outgunned with high-powered weapons and they don't have body armor on. So why would someone suicidally enter a place, say, in Chicago or any other place without proper matching weaponry, which luckily Trump has allowed? They need to have non-lethal weapons, too, so the first thing they do is don't haul a gun in blow somebody away which is what's happening and that's why i can see some very upset athletes that think they will use their celebrity they shouldn't use it on the playing field because it upsets people they're so drowned with the polarized politics now which by the way the globalists want that's why they bring in terror terrorists and uh from muslim countries that want to cause problems they're a minority but they're going to cause troubles because they want a dialectic of conflict that's why the media loves this dialectic of conflict rather than discerning say look Let's give non-lethal weapons, and let's have a better method of engagement. Let's actually have militia within these black communities that are black, to give them the ability to be an affiliate of the police. Let's decriminalize. Let's criminalize that if they have a weapon and they don't have a proper permit, uh, these black uh, you know thugs, thugsters that are getting away with murder repeatedly, killing each other, they're going to go to jail just for having a uh, a weapon that they can't find any indication that they had a right to carry it. So. I'm not talking about national registry because I belong to the Gun Owners of America, but I believe we can sort this out so that people don't feel downtrodden because there are. If you are black, you're more likely to die. But on the other hand, the police. You know, when I see, you know, the athletes treating the police like garbage, it just increases the danger in their community that the police aren't going to engage evil or violence, and so they're not thinking this through. And unfortunately. One of the things that I know from medical school is that if you told the uh, advisors that you're going to enter medical school and you're involved with a traumatic sport like hockey or football, you're not accepted to medical school or law school or an advanced Ph.D. program because you're going to get a traumatic brain injury. And uh, this latest gentleman, uh, Aaron uh, Hernandez, recently died in prison after committing suicide and they analyzed his brain, they're going to sue uh, the NFL for it because I don't believe that these kind of contact sports are reasonable. The same way I don't agree with extremely violent mixed martial arts where there's head banging and smashing and things like that. These people get permanently injured. Now, they might think it's sport, but to me it's, a, it's what's called a Roman sport like the Colosseum. It's evil. There's just no, nothing nice about it. You can have sport without the kind of contact we have and special methods of cocktails and genetic testing so we can find out who is predisposed. Because I can tell you, from testing, who is more likely to get peroxynitrate and inflammatory cytokines after a head injury? It's not the injury itself. It's your response to your brain tissue. Now, what I want to see is I want to see a dialogue. It's not helpful to just beat up the other side like Trump or the other side kind of you know saying they're going to take a knee. What we need to do is have a dialogue of what, how can we empower the police with proper technology, training, and non-lethal methods of engagement and get militia inside these communities that actually are of color that feel that they're protecting their own community. And yeah. that would solve the problem. The same thing, by the way, this becomes what we call Christian brotherhood where we have brothers and sisters of different color. And we have to realize we're not only all Americans, we're all human beings. Right. And, uh, you know, you don't have a right to come to America just because you want to plant yourself here because you're in a terrible country. We should make these terrible countries less terrible, which is whatever we have to do with places like Venezuela. So, to me, the answer is dialogue, analysis, and solutions, and the idea of polarizing this isn't going to solve it. It's just going to make it worse. So, you know, yeah. I, I don't see that uh, what Trump did was necessarily bad, but it's an opening shot to say, let's sit down and talk about what we can do with the police but the thing is, it comes back to faith. Uh, a lot of these black communities are really, really good Christians. They need to engage with us so that we can protect their own communities. Mm-hmm. Very good. So your your materials are important because a personal relationship with the Most High is first, not the doctrine of priestcraft and foolishness. Is it say? Uh, your website is. DefyTyrants.com. These materials, the Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates, uh, Magdeburg, conventions, uh, videos, and your blog is all available. We'll have you back on, and I think you're coming on in two weeks' time on the 11th of October, Wednesday.
1: Well, thank you so much. Good talking to you.
2: Thank you, Matt Chutella. And again, the website is defytirants.com. Back in the next hour with our one of our major people with our heart formula, cardiovascular, and our open lines. Again, the open line number is eight seven seven three one seven six four three two. Stay tuned to the Nutramedical Report
0: on Genesis Network.
1: Do you trust our economy? How about our banking system?
0: Our president.